How are we doing, everybody? Uh, Jeff Hoke here with Kevin Perdios, as always, and Chris Henrique. And it's another week of Shorthanded Takes, a Boston Bruins podcast brought to you by Beyond the Monster. And we are coming to you, li- uh, I guess not live, but we're coming to you after the game against the Flyers on uh, Martin Luther King Day, where the uh, Bruins shut out the Flyers 6 to nothing uh, at home, uh, Swayman with a... Shutout in Nets with Pasenak having two goals and Pavel Zaka having two goals. Just all around a fantastic game. Uh, Probably one of the most complete games the Bruins have played this year. And against a Flyers team that had been playing well uh, as of late. Um, And, you know, with a coach like John Tortorella, he's probably going to get their asses ripped after this game because that's how how Torts works and that's how it rolls. But we're coming up on the All-Star break here in a couple weeks. Uh, Big home stretch coming up. Um, we'll start off with a couple of, uh, a couple of things I want to, uh, get out of the way. Uh, Krejci 1000th game today had two assists, big game for him, uh, two assists and a goal actually. Um, so it's what, what else, what else, but you know, Krejci having a big game. Uh, so Kevin, uh, Krejci 1000 still looking like a man who's playing his first game. Yeah, he's been a he's been a guy that's obviously clearly played a huge role in being back and um, helping where this team is in the hot start they've gotten off to. So, um, you know, listening to the pregame show on the radio, uh, they they said it perfectly. You know, no matter what, no matter what you do in the NHL, to be able to play a thousand games is is a huge con- accomplishment, and clearly you're doing something right. So. Um, that's that's nothing to scoff at, and it's a huge um, huge milestone for him. And it shows that clearly he he's doing something right, and he's one of the, an impact player that has a huge role in this game. And still, to be able to do what he's doing after a thousand games is uh, second second time this season now. I believe that the Bruins have celebrated a thousand games. Earlier, it was uh, um, Patrice Bergeron. Uh, now it's David Krejci, Chris, what's your take on how David Krejci has been playing this year, given his age? I think he's, he's definitely been a, a massive bump to the team. Um, you know, just again, the, it's you got the team rallying around playing for, uh, you know, Bergeron, but doing the same thing for Krejci. And you could tell that he did that for him today with the thousandth game. Um, four points, I think it was he had today. No, three points rather. Three, three points, yeah. Um, you know, an overall a pretty good game. I would say if you were going to critique anything out of today's game, is he lost half the faceoffs faced, but they still won. You know what I mean? So six nothing win. Uh, but he, you know, being involved in in half the goals for today, um, just goes to show you that I mean, age clearly just a number. He's playing outstanding. Um, and it showed again today. So something I want to talk about here, um, because I've noticed this, um, Carter Hart against the Bruins is just, he's the dude cannot catch a break against the Bruins. I mean, he was pulled, I believe after he's four five and two, four five and two in 11 games uh, with a 3.69 goals against average, uh, with against the Bruins. Uh, I think I remember when he first came out, the Bruins absolutely just destroyed him and then his confidence was just dead after that. Um, but he cannot catch a break again, <laughs> again, against a Bruins team where he gives up four goals in about a period and a half. Um, so Kevin, um, 
that's something that the Philadelphia Flyers should worry about, obviously. I mean, he hasn't been very good this year, and he's supposed to be this franchise goalie for this team. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know. Every I've, I'm not sold on this guy. I, I know he's having a better year this year than um, the last two years, even so. Maybe he's starting to figure it out, and it's just one of those things that the Bruins are his kryptonite. But, you know, I, I still am not sold on this guy. I, I Every time I see him, I, granted, it's against the Bruins. I'm not going on my way to watch Flyers games. I'm sorry. It's just not not Ooh. happening. Um yeah, he he just doesn't seem like someone that he doesn't seem like the franchise goalie that you'll need to get back into that Stanley Cup contending team that we've always kind of known the Flyers to be. Um, so hopefully he can figure it out. Maybe I kind of do looking at his stats. It seems like the Bruins are mostly just his kryptonite, but even then, you know, it's it's not like he's setting the world on fire. So I I think he would be a great stopgap, but they still definitely need to find their their next franchise goalie. I'm not. I, I don't think this kid's the answer. If that's, that's, uh, and again, he still is a kid, right? We I say he's a kid. There's a lot of room for improvement. Allmark, we didn't think Allmark could do what oh, he's yeah. doing right now. So, you know, I say all this with a with a take with a grain of salt, but just from what I've seen against the Bruins, which may be a bad take, um, I'm not sure if he's the answer. So let's take it to the other side. You know, Chris, uh, I feel like this was a uh, kind of a big game for Swayman coming in. Uh, you know, he, he's been doing better as of late, but he had been struggling and get, coming in and getting a shutout six nothing uh, and give, uh, not scoring any, not getting anything scored on during a big five on three there for uh, two minutes. Uh, big game for Swayman, especially with the All Star break coming up here in a couple of weeks. No, it was. I mean, a few positives to pull out of it. One, obviously, you get the shutout. It's a sixth career shutout, first this season. Um, he's won three straight games that he's appeared in now over the last uh, three, uh, dating back to the Kings game on the fifth after dropping two, um, the overtime and the shutout, um, shootout loss, rather. So those are those are some things to build off of. 29 saves against the Flyers team. Um, I think the other thing to look at too, I'm going to, I got to quickly pull it back up because I um, clicked on something else, but um, you know, effective, effective during the power play all day today as well. The Bruins were um, saw the penalty box nine times in today's game. And to be able to, you know, when you're shorthanded that much in this game and being able to kind of be a brick wall, like he was, I think those are just some things that you want to that are exciting to build off of and um you know heading into the break pretty soon I think this is a this is a good thing for for Swayman today. So let's um stick with this game uh well we're just basing everything off of this game right now. Uh Bruins I believe won all 3. Did they? I can't remember. Can someone remind me did they win? Did they go 3 now? I can't no, remember. No, they lost to Seattle. That that's right. Yeah, that's right. We're going? Yeah, the yeah. Seattle game. Yeah, that was a, that was a, yeah. Um, it was a good, it was, it, it was kind of, to me, that Seattle game was a loss they needed. You know, they're kind of streaking a little bit, uh, going, they were kind of hot, it kind of humbled them a little bit. And now you're seeing that uh, bounce back with uh, two wins there. Um, but something I want to talk about after that uh, big Toronto game on uh, Saturday, Kevin, 
We'll talk. We'll stick with this first. Big Toronto game on Saturday. A lot of emotion in that game. Um, felt like a playoff atmosphere. Um, Toronto gave it all they had, but you know Matt Grizzlick uh, scored with a minute left in the game uh, to win it. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of people are saying they want to see this matchup in the uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Are you one of them that you want to see this team for seven games? Yeah, I, I think I think um, you know I've already made this statement clear, so I can't really turn back <laughs> on it. I think Toronto is a fake playoff team, so if the Bruins are able to go in and um, you know go in and get them in one of the series, I think it's not to say an easy matchup, but I think it would be an easier matchup than maybe some of the other possible matchups they could run into, and that's strictly because. At some point during a seven-game series, Toronto is going to Toronto and absolutely hand games over. And and when you're when you're the Bruins and you're handing games to the Bruins, that's that's not a good combo. So, yeah, I would see it. And and you know, the Bruins. All this is being said is I I didn't know this until I actually had to go home and look it up. I heard it on ninety-eight-five. It was um, they hadn't beat Toronto in the regular season since. Um, COVID. Yeah, it's, been, it's been a while. So I, I didn't know that because, again, I say for the amount of shit I talk about the Maple Leafs, I, you would <laughs> think that, um, you know, they would they would be more dominant. The Bruins would be more dominant over them. But, no, Toronto to Toronto's credit, they're a good regular season team. I think there's something that comes into play when you go into the postseason that they just haven't been able to figure out yet. They – before the Toronto game, um, was listening to their their color guy or their play by play guy um, went on ninety eight five and was talking about just how a different feel that Toronto has and it seems like the the Matthews have kind of bought into more of that defensive minded role that they need to play especially be able to go on deep playoff runs so that if that's true. That's huge. That could be a huge avenue for them. You know, they're relying more on these two-one games, three-three-two games, four-three games, rather than six-five games. And they're, you know, last year they were trying to outscore everyone. This year they they seem to be playing more complete hockey. So all this is taken with a grain of salt. But I still think, until you prove me wrong, I I don't think Toronto is a legit. Stanley Cup contending team just because of their track record in the postseason. Let's say you, Chris. Are you a are you a guy that wants to play uh, Toronto in the playoffs? I actually don't. I don't. Um, so, you know, Kevin mentioned it right that the Maple Leafs they find ways sometimes to just kind of like cough the game up, and I think that's what they did the other night. They turned the puck over a ton that resulted into goals, including the one that. Grizzlick ended up scoring because it was a turnover from Tavares. It was a playoff atmosphere. And I think that if you get them in a seven game series, I don't think you're going to get, you know, five games of where they're going to go and, and completely, you know, bar for themselves. I think this team will get amped up to play the Bruins. And I'm not saying that the Maple Leafs are better than the Bruins, but I think the Maple Leafs, wouldn't it just be a really, really shitty end to the season if the Maple Leafs came and just kind of snake bit you in the postseason and, and you lose in six games? 
Like that would just be, that would just be, I don't know. So I'd rather another team take care of business against the Maple Leafs because I think that they could be a sneaky problem for the Bruins in the postseason. And I mean, if you're going to win it, you got to beat the good teams and you got to persevere and things like that. I don't know. I just don't know if I want to deal with the Maple Leafs in the postseason. So after that uh, Toronto game, it uh, you know, the, the last couple of games, the Sheck line has been playing very well of uh, Krejci, Pasenak, and Zaka. Uh, came out after that game that one of those check check-ins was signed. Not the check-in that we thought would be signed yet, but um, according to reports from Elliot Freeman, they are progressing on talks. So, um, you know, don't take that with a grain of salt as you will. But uh, Pavel Zaka, though, was signed to a four-year deal. Uh, finally, uh, you know, he was uh, projected to become a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Um, and now they have him locked up. The way I see it is this is a stepping stone towards the Pasternak signing. Because it kind of you know shores up that you know you're keeping talent around him and so on and so forth. The cap space issue we'll get to when that time comes. There's a lot of chatter right now with the cap space. I'm not worried about that right now. It's you know go big season right here, Stanley Cup season. You're a contender. You're not worried oh. about any of that right now. Um, you know so on and so forth. But uh, Kevin uh, Pavel Zaka after uh, had two goals today. First game after signing his contract and had a really good game on Saturday. Uh, big move with the Bruins. Yeah, yeah, I think um, since coming over here from New Jersey, he's been a nice little addition. And to to really, the people that are arguing about the cap space aren't really looking in the future, right? In, in the next year or two, the cap is going to increase. So that I think like that per year AAV. That that's yeah, it's not it's nothing, it's nothing major. That's yeah, that's gonna be nothing. So um that paired with the the pure fact that we haven't drafted well and we don't really have any centers coming up, uh, you know, you kind of don't have a choice. You gotta lock them up and being able to lock them up for cheap money, it it seems like it's a really good um really good deal. I, I think it's I agree with you, Jeff, that it's it's going to be one that should help get pasta done, hopefully. But um, all reports are kind of going back and forth on, you know, if that deal is actually going to go through or not with, you know, ball. Just <laughs> he keeps adding, he keeps adding to that goal total. So hopefully, hopefully it helps because we need to give whatever that guy wants to keep him here. What say you, Chris? Does the the Zaka signing uh, for two for two reasons? Does it help towards the Pasternak re-signing? And how big is it for this Bruins team going forward to have him for the next four years? Oh, I think it 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 does. I think again, you guys kind of hit it with um, one. You're still showing to to Pasternak that you want to surround him with good quality players. Um, the other thing too is. I didn't really realize that I always think for some reason, I don't know why, to be honest with you, but I always like think that Zaka is older than when he is. He's only 25. Kid's young. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like you lock up somebody for the next four years who's only 25 years old. It's less than a $5 million cap hit. And when, by the way, he can play all three forward positions. I And I think people look at it, they think he's older because you literally gave up Eric Holler one, one for one, who Eric Holler is like in his 30s. So, I mean, you gave up, literally nothing for this 25 year old kid that the devils literally just gave up on. 
Yeah, you know, and I, he's he's been productive this year. Um, I think coming into the game, uh, into today's game, he had five goals. He's had two more to that total. So he's at seven. It's probably someone that scores you twenty goals. Um, I think that's gravy. But I like the fact of the versatility, and when you when you pair him up with Pasta and Krejci. Those guys seem to bring the 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 best out of each other. So even if the you know the Krejci's and the Marchands wants to come back for one more run of it next year, you're still building that familiarity with this team, and you're getting these core pieces around your your veterans. And you know, so to me, it's a no brainer. I thought it was a great move, um, and I know Sweeney has taken some heat, and we've given it to him the last year. He just has a knack in retaining his players and getting them signed. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, with what Kevin said, too, to kind of on top of that, you know, not drafting well also results you have to pay these players and sometimes maybe a little bit more. Um, I still think 475 is a good number. So, yeah, we just need Sweeney to start drafting better to co- coincide with these good signings and keeping these players here. Oh, I agree. And it's like Kevin said, I mean, the cap space, like I said, too, the cap space doesn't really matter at this point. You know, you're in it to win it this year, and you're going to do whatever you can to win it. You'll deal with the cap space when the time comes. I mean, I've seen ideas floating around what you do with the cap space, but, you know, we won't get into that because, you know, that's thinking ahead, ahead too far right now. What you want to do is you're focusing on the then and the now, and you're trying to win the Stanley Cup. So, you know, with that being said, we've talked about it some, but the trade deadline is coming up with the All-Star break coming up in about two weeks. Uh, after the All-Star break, you know, you're on the home stretch and you got a trade deadline coming up at the beginning of March. So at this point in time, seeing what this Bruins team has, um, what's what possibly could they upgrade, Kevin? And what are what is a reasonable uh, amount that you would give up for somebody? at this point in time for the Bruins. Yeah, that, that's, I think that's kind of the, you know, loaded question because it's what is the value going to be, right? Like obviously we need, we need a more depth at the defensive position. I would like to maybe see if you can add another, another goal scorer, maybe, but don't, don't go crazy with it. But I think your main focus really should be bolstering that blue line and seeing what seeing what's out there. I wouldn't go crazy on, oh, we need to give up, you know, Lysel to get um, Patrick Kane or Jonathan Tays or anything like that. I just I don't I don't think you necessarily need it with how well like if if Jake DeBrus comes back and and it doesn't seem like he missed a step if. If Zaka still seems to be playing well, if Pasta and and create, we all know what Krejci can do in the postseason. Um, you know, I I don't necessarily think you need to overpay to get that difference maker. Now, if that if that price is a lot lower than what the initial rumors were, like if it's giving up draft picks, if it's giving up another prospect that may be a year away or two years away at most, um. Yeah, why why not? You know, I think you have to kick the tires on everything, but I also this this might be the first trade deadline that we actually don't want to see Sweeney go crazy. Like just just find a way to add more depth to the um the blue line. 
And if you can add another four just for depth to help keep those top six guys that you're really going to need in the postseason healthy, then do it. But don't don't risk the future for a Stanley Cup right now because I think while yes, we want to win a Stanley Cup, I think we have the pieces here to do it. What say you, Chris? Um, I think the last time, the last couple of times I was mentioning that I want them to continue to um, focus on the blue line. That hasn't changed. So my only, my only thought though would be is how much cap space are they going to have to make a legitimate move? You know, there was talks that there was rumors with the ducks and I was thinking that maybe grabbing a defenseman from them. So at first I wanted to aim high and maybe go after Klingberg unrestricted free agent in the season. He's only 30 years old. So if you didn't have to give up too much to get a rental, why not take a, a flyer on him? But I don't know how they make a, that cap number fit in there, but maybe like a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk and you're not giving up a ton. You're not having to worry about, um, from that standpoint, he only makes things like three, eight, three, nine, something like that. Um, I just want them to go get depth. Now, my obviously my number one priority is to get another, you know, Lindholm type that you can sign and and continue to show to the team like we're going to invest. But if you can't do that, getting like a second tier style defenseman like a Shattenkirk or a veteran like that that has, you know, been there before, I think would be beneficial to the team. As for like the offensive side of it, I don't want to go and pull like, you know, a baseball thing where they go and like, you know, it's you're getting a guy coming off the IL and that's your trade. Um, you're getting DeBrusque back and that's going to be a good lift for you. So, you know, to me, what would you add? You know what I mean? Like what would, what would make sense? You know, I know we've talked about Kane, but at this point, doesn't make sense to go get him. Do you really need to get Patrick Kane? Um, I don't really know what you would go and get offensively other than maybe a fourth line depth piece or a guy that could play on the third line if, if need be. But then at that point, why not go and let the guys like Wagner's and the McLaughlin's of the world just come up. I'd focus and stay on the defensive side. Okay. So can I can I throw a name in there just yeah, because right I ahead. just typed this in and it's like kind of along the line of if you're gonna go forward, this could be a great piece to add. Again, oh, yeah. if the price is right, and I think it would be. Yep. Go just right looking ahead. to shop Eric Eric Stahl. That that could be a piece that like like you said, Chris, third or fourth line guy, been in the league for a very long time, been part of some Stanley. Was he on this Stanley Cup team? Does he have a Stanley Cup? I don't think so. Didn't he win one with Carolina? Uh, I can't. I got to look. Hang on. Let me I, look. I thought he did, but either way. Eric, you, Eric, you said, right? Eric Stahl. Yep. Yeah. Let's see. He does not have one. All right. So either way has. Oh, no, he does experience. have one with the Hurricanes. Yep. You're right. All right. Oh, six. So, so one has a Stanley Cup under his belt, understands that, you know, what it takes to get there. I think that's a that's a piece if you're gonna add a forward and the price is right, you go and do, but don't overpay to bring him in. 
Um, but like Chris, you were saying too, is the blue line should be the main focus. But if you can add a guy like Eric Stahl, who's a veteran leader with these young guys coming up, um, that'd be huge. I think that'll be a great piece to add. Yeah, I don't mind that either. You know, 38, you know, it, it's not a massive commitment. I don't think it's going to cost you a hell of a lot. Um, believe it or not, I, unless you're going to go and make a splash, I don't really want them to trade their first round pick. And I know that they don't do well with drafting, but you have to keep drafting until you get it right. So, and doesn't it feel like the Bruins have done well drafting later in the round anyway, in the first round? Yeah, they, they, the later. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, if we're picking in the top 10, it means that your team's not competitive or you got lucky to get a pick from another team. So, yeah. If you would have, if you know, if we were asking these questions like three months ago, I'm, I'm saying like make a make a splash. But at this point now, the way this team is, I don't think you need to make. You know, I don't think you have to make. A, I don't think you need to make a splash. I think you need to get pieces that's going to fit within your your system. No, I agree one hundred percent. That's something you need to do. I I'm on the same page as as you both with the fact that you know this is a team that has shown that they are better now than they were before and that you just need to build around them you don't need another stud at this point you got hey like you guys said jake debrus is coming back and if you just add a one or two smaller pieces that's all you need you don't have to give up fabian lasell i mean maybe earlier this year i would have gone all all in for kane or something like that but it doesn't seem like this team needs it uh you got the check line that's just absolutely blowing shit up right now left and right and you got you know which and then then they switch that to, uh, if they're down in the game, they switch it to the first line of the perfection line. So I mean, so there's so many integral like back and forth pieces you could throw in there. Uh, and Jim Montgomery has been pressing every single button right so far, uh, this year, and he is far and away most likely going to be co- uh, Jack Edward uh, Jack Adams Award winner, uh, for Coach of the Year, and he's now coaching the uh, Atlantic team in Vegas in a couple weeks for the. Uh, uh, All Star Game, which I mean, we'll talk about it when we get closer. But I mean, All Star Game is, eh, eh, it just doesn't. None of the All Star Games do it for me anymore. I just, eh, especially with the Pro Bowl being absolute trash this year for the fo- for NFL. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna. My only my only argument with the All Star Game, and I tweeted this earlier, would be is Pasternak is like second in the league in goals, and the fans have to vote him in. Yeah, no, that's, that's dumb. Pathetic. That's pathetic. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to get in, and if he doesn't, again, that's pathetic. Um, yeah, the only the only All Star game that has any like meaning anymore, really, is is baseball. Yeah, because still watch it, and there's decent events around it. Um, I mean, the skills competitions in both hockey and in football don't really carry the same weight anymore. I yeah, you know. I'm not going to get all, you know, bent out of shape about the, about an all-star game. And I'm honestly probably not even going to watch. It. I can't tell you the last time I watched an all-star game outside of baseball as it is. So I will though piss and moan if the fans don't vote in Pasternak because that'll be a fucking joke. Yeah, no, I, I never understood that. Kevin, you got anything on that one? Yeah, no, I, I think again, we're all kind of in the same boat. The, the fact that you got to vote, like a guy like pasta in it is kind of tough 
Um, I understand what they're trying to do and, and get the fan involvement and all that. But I mean, if pasta somehow, you know, one in a million chance that he gets snubbed from the all-star game because where the fans are just too lazy to take out their phones and vote, which I don't blame them. We all got a life to live here. We all don't make millions of dollars playing a sport. So, um, you know, that that's that's kind of tough to swallow. But for the all-star break and the um, skills competition, it, it's fun to watch sometimes. I think I do enjoy it. I don't go out of my way to watch it. Um, you know, three-on-three stuff's fun. The skills competition, I like seeing. I've always had – I always liked – the harder shot but then again it's like that's not realistic you know it's kind of that you know yeah no one's going to be able to get a running start up to a puck and unload on one you know so um was the last year two years ago they did the target practice yeah out in vegas out on the you know, fountain that was, yeah that was kind of cool to see um but again i'm not going on my way if it's there i'll throw it on um and really i think almost all all all-star games, even even baseball, I think I watched the home run derby more than I watched the actual all-star game itself, you know, and I think that'll be the same for, for hockey. Maybe maybe a little bit more, right? I don't know. Check back in with me after it happens and, <laughs> and follow up. But, you know, I, I think it's it's nice to watch and see what, what's going on, but I'm not going out of my way to block out time to watch it. So we're going to wrap it up here, uh, as always, with our predictions for the rest of the week. There's three games between now and our next show on next Monday. Um, oh, I get, I, I finally, by by the way, I get to throw this in here, too. Uh, given that my birthday was yesterday over and over the weekend, I got to find out I am going to my first Bruins game in February. So uh, it's going to be against the Ottawa Senators in um, on February 20th on President's Day. I'm going with my family. I'm so fucking excited. So I, I'm excited to see this team because you know this is something special in the works here, boys, and I'm excited. I don't know if you could tell, but I'm excited. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm hearing that you're excited. Very, very. Sources do say, and Chris is that source. Oh, source I am confirmed. excited. Uh, Kevin can confirm that. But next three games, though, up until then, uh, they're back to back. They have a back to back this week. A tough back to back, actually. Uh, they're on Long Island on Wednesday to face the Islanders. And then they're at uh, the Rangers on Thursday. Um, tough back-to-back there, honestly. Um, and then you got San Jose on Sunday. Uh, I'm going 2-1. Uh, I'm saying the loss is to the Islanders because the Islanders are a pain in my fucking ass every goddamn time, especially there. Uh, but I say 2-1 and one on that trip. Uh, well, 2-1 on that two-game trip. Um Chris, what do you say? Yeah, you know, um, I, I I think they're going to beat the Islanders. Okay, it's the Rangers. I think it's going to be a tough. Yeah, it's match. a back to back Rangers at, at Madison Square Garden. So you got the New York, New York start spreading the news. <laughs> I'd like to say that the Bruins are going to come away two and zero there, uh, but I'll go one on one with those, and then I think they're gonna they'll whack the the Sharks. What say you, uh, Kevin? Yeah, I, I kind of in the same boat as Chris here. I think um, the Islanders play us tough, so I think that's going to be a tough game, and that Rangers game is almost that, like trap game. You know, you, you have a hard-fought game against the Islanders, you pull out a win there, and I think back-to-back and you're running into the Rangers, who are a 
very good team as well. I think um, that's a hard-fought game as well, but the Rangers Rangers take that one. Hopefully uh, this past weekend, who's a huge Rangers fan, so we got into a good back and forth. So hopefully he's not, hopefully he's not listening to this one. But um, so yeah, I think the Rangers take that, and then we we take care of the Sharks. So I got them doing one on this trip, and hopefully, hopefully it's a three you now. I love it. I love it. Um. So well, as always, we'll be back next Monday to uh, cover those games and to cover what's coming up because, like I said, the All Star break is coming up here soon, and it's going to be. Uh, from there, they got nine days off, and then it's home stretched into the playoffs. But until then, as always, I'm Jeff Hoke. That's Chris Henrique and Kevin Perdios as well. And this has been another episode of Shorthanded Takes a Boston Bruins podcast brought to you by Beyond the Monster. See you guys next week. <laughs>